Hey guys, it's Pete. Just wanted to let you know that my second book, Frankenstein's Soul's Echo, is now available. It continues the adventure from Frankenstein to Life Beyond, which is a direct sequel to Mary Shelley's classic novel. Both Frankenstein Life Beyond and Frankenstein's Soul's Echo are available as ebooks on Amazon, iBookstore, Barnes & Noble, Cabot, and of course from EnceladusLiterary.com. Thanks, now on with the show. Welcome to Hindsight is 2020, a show where we look at anything in this world and arrogantly say how we fix it. And I can prove it with my usual flawless logic. These two idiots. <laughs> we give our thoughts on movies and TV shows that should or should not have been. Star Wars Episode 2 Attack of the Clones is the worst thing ever made by a human. With your host, Pete... And Greg. I love gold. The look of it, the taste of it, the smell of it, the texture. I love gold so much that I even lost my genitalia in an unfortunate smelting accident. Hence the name, Goldman. And we slowly and mercilessly beat our subject to death. And, um, okay, how about this? Adam Sandler is, like, in love with some girl, but then it turns out that the girl is actually a golden retriever or something. Minority Report. Where is my re Minority Report? Hey, yay! He said that on the screen! <laughs> <laughs> ah, there it is. How many of these movies did they say the title on screen? <laughs> oh, boy. Now there, there is a challenge. <laughs> he is a Spider-Man. <laughs> He's some kind of a Spider-Man. Oh, wait, that was in the first movie. We have... Just this one, bam. Attack of the Clones we have. No, they yeah. didn't. No, didn't have them in... Yeah. Well, kind of did. Yeah, but here we are in 2002, recording a wonderful box office foolishness known as... Hey, it's... <laughs> 14 years ago, they're going to start rebooting this crap if they haven't already. And well, in well, fact, guilty on the first one there on the list already. In, in fact, for crying out loud, I'm looking at the top 10, and I already uh, see... One, two... Let me see. Let's see. Movies? Let's see. Of nine the, to three. Of the top 10 movies that are on this list from 2002, mm. either directly or tangentially... Uh, connected to these movies within the like summer of 2015 to the beginning of 2017, I count one, two, three, four, five, six. Six of the ten have sequels or reboots already going, so it, it never ends. <laughs> I'll just have to call them out as we work our way down the list. But of course, so 
Yes, we are doing another. What are we doing here? <laughs> Why are we in 2002? Well, we figured what? we Sanity went so far back in, in 1992, and two mm-hmm. seems to be a nice round number for some stupid reason. Um, we did 95 as well, didn't we? Yeah, I think so. so. Yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> so we figured let's get out of the 90s and let's get into the century we're in to look. Oh, we've gone 21st century. That's right. And let's look at, at something that we would think ah, that's fairly recent. And then when you count, when you do the math, you think, no, it's not. <laughs> 14 <laughs> years. So inevitably, there are going to be redos of everything on here. And we're going to look in our stupid way of, hey, that was redone wrong. Hey, this can be redone better, or hey, this should be redone, or leave it alone. I wonder if, as a whole, as we're going back through this, whether we'll be like, boy, this was a good year, or boy, they should do more of this or that, or if we're going to look back and just go, ugh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I say starting from the bottom and working our way up, I think we can go 100 to 50 in a very rapid manner and just say, nope, nope, yep, yep, nope, 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 and just say garbage. Yeah, because that's entertaining. <laughs> like, There's nothing better than people listening to us going, yep. yep. <laughs> <laughs> this whole episode is just going to be, yep, nope, nope, yep, yep, nope. We, we sound like those creatures off of uh, Sesame Street. <laughs> <laughs> this whole this whole thing is just going to be a uh, Harrison Ford interview. Yeah. No. Yeah. We done. No. <laughs> we finished yet? Did we reach the tag of the clones yet? I, um, I'm curious. I'm gonna. I'm gonna go off script for a second. I'm just curious because I haven't gone past 100 to see what else was there. To I don't say. want to. Yeah. I don't want to because judging by what was 100 according to box office mojo is the sweetest thing with Cameron Diaz, and that was pure garbage. I don't want to mm, go. Any eight further. crazy nights. City by the sea. What? <laughs> uh, bowling for Columbine's in here. Okay, but that's very limited release. Whale Rider. Oh, sh- sure, sure. Uh, rollerball. Hey. hey, there's a remake <laughs> in and of itself. All right, we're now we're cooking. Wait, how many Adam Sandler movies came out this year? What the hell? Well, he was in his run of. All right, he's been doing his movies. Now he can try and be serious. So didn't Spanglish or something come out that year? Nope. Here's one you like, Solaris. Yeah. It. I'd have to watch. It's been a long time since I've seen it, but I did like that. That was a, a very good esoteric kind of movie. Definitely not for everybody. Just like the Powerpuff Girls movie, which apparently they're rebooting that, I've heard. Uh, well, why wouldn't they? That would be right. stupid. They'd be stupid not to. I, well, that's what I'm saying. Yes. It goes without saying. <laughs> but all right, if we start at 100. Right, I'm not right. going all the way back. Good. Yeah. All right. So I was just curious what, what lie beyond. And we don't even have to go one by one, but, you know, it's. Oh, no. With, I with the sweetest know. thing being garbage, uh, the transporter, they <laughs> I, did have I a can't new speak one. speak to that. Uh, uh, now, did they? They just had another one of those come out at the end of last year, a reboot, yeah, or yeah, re- it was like a it was a non Statham prequel. Well, yeah, there was not Statham in it, and I think it was a prequel. I heard, yeah, and then there's a it also re- came and went very rapidly, I believe. Yeah, and then there was a re-release of Beauty and the Beast and IMAX, the Veggie Tales movie. Oh, sure, 
Frida, all about the uh, yeah, oh god, okay. Just, <laughs> uh, I'm just trying to see anything. Yeah. Oh, there's yeah. another Halloween. Yeah. Hey, <gasps> trick the or treat, crocodile hunter collision course. Look at number 84. Hey, Mikey, happy Halloween. <laughs> Buster Rhymes is there. Yeah, they're, they're talking about more Halloween. So there's a fran- there's our first franchise as we go down the list here. Oh man, um, there's there's some quality what's on here. Swim fan. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you got me. Ghost on ship. <laughs> Ghost ship. Yep. It is a ship. Is it now? Is it a ship with a ghost on it? I'll, I'll tell you. Or is it a I, ship I just, that is actually a ghost? Bring this up like kind of right off the bat. There was some. And I know technology was where it was, and you had these productions in motion, and yada, yada, yada. And I don't know if it's just everybody was still kind of figuring some of this out, or it was the technology or whatever. But you go back and look at an awful lot of movies on this list and of this era, and the CGI was just bad. They were learning. I know. And it was got <laughs> and, and, and contend that Jurassic Park and Terminator 2 looked better. Because yeah. they were a mixture, and I think that's the happy medium we're getting to something with, like, The Force Awakens now. People are starting to – it was a big – you know, it was just a big uh, swing. It was this big swing all the way to the right of CG everything, and then Lucas kind of did that with the prequels. And he now, also had and, this movement to go back to video. Well, yeah. Well, you had the crisscrossing there of the advancement of effects – and the transfer from shooting on film to shooting on video. Yeah. And, I mean, personally, I, I, there are some things like Michael Mann, uh, the one that really sticks out to yeah. me. The Michael Mann movie with Johnny Depp, uh, Public Enemies, the gangster movie. Yeah, Michael Mann was real big on that for a while. Yeah, that or uh, the collateral with Jamie Foxx and Tom Cruise. Yep. yep. I just, I look at it and I'm like... This looks like they went out before they shot the movie and just did <laughs> test shooting with their mini DV camcorder. That's what it looks like, and I can't get past that. I don't yeah. care how well you make your movie. I can't get past the fact that this looks like it's shot on videotape. Sorry, I, I totally talked right over you than the point you were making there about the pendulum swinging. No, it just it seems like the pendulum swing from... Let's do everything CG, and that's where Lucas was with the prequels, was, well, we can just do everything. I can just sit here and drink coffee. Everything will be green, and then it'll be great. And then, you know, then we have the slow swinging back now, and I think we've reached the, at least the critical mass, I think, on a grander scale is probably with Force Awakens, just because it's the most popular version of it, where all they talked about was, we're using practical again. We're using practical again, but the movie just want, is nominated for an Oscar for visual effects. Right. So I mean, I can't damn everything in this era. Um, so it's just a learning. Two towers, area. which came out this year, there was an awful lot of blending of CGI and practical in that one as well. But that's the thing is that it was a you have to get to the blend, whereas right. this was still in the era of we can do everything, everything. CG. Yeah, that's CG true. wins all. But I, I still didn't answer my main question, though. Mm. Is the ship full of ghosts, or is the ship itself an actual ghost ship? Uh, I think it's, okay, a long-lost 1962 passenger ship floating lifeless in a remote region of the Bering Sea. So is it 
the actual so metal it's hull is a ghosty? ghost ship and it's full, full of ghosts, ghosts. as i recall so the sequel can be ghost ship colon full of ghosts <laughs> Ghost Ship The Reckoning. <laughs> <laughs> there probably is a sequel somewhere. Oh, there's a direct. If you anything, there's probably a sequel somewhere. There's a direct like, video. Direct a DVD. Wasn't thing. that, uh, oh God, what's his name? Um, Sp- not Spencer. Uh, the actor. I can see the poster in my head. Uh, oh, you got to give me more to go off of. Oh, here. no, that's not what I was thinking of. Never mind. Never mind. This had Gabriel Byrne in it and Carl Urban. Okay, that's not the movie I was thinking of. Never mind. Uh, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> forget it. I we're, we're getting mired in the 80s on this list. We got a lot to go through. Analyze oh, well, that was it, a... It's, it's worth hanging out back here. There's no rush. Oh, God. Analyze that was a, tra- was a, a, a sequel. Halloween Resurrection. Yeah. 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 Well, we talked about that. Much. Is this a killer shark? He is a killer shark. <laughs> yes. Uh, da, 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 oh, da, da. we finally got the end of the Anne Rice-ness with Queen of the Damned. I think that was the last time they tried to go there with the whole. Now, is there anything second? Anne Rice now? Like on, I would assume that would be something like on FX or something. Hmm. I honestly don't know. I don't follow Anne Rice that closely, and I don't know if she's still. We're the worst. We're the worst, most uninformative podcast yeah, ever. Yeah, <laughs> well, I don't know. Whatever. We some idea, but not really. Um, we do this solely so that you, dear listener, like books of some type. But we're we're doing this. We're doing I this can't solely. For the life of me, think of any like movies that they've done of anything that's based on her work. Uh, Probably since this era, since this year, even maybe. Yeah, well, we're doing this solely so you, dear listener, can spend a whole time listening on the other side, coming up with the answers yourself. Yep, getting frustrated and throwing your. <laughs> for the love of God, there's a television show on now called Blackity Blue. <laughs> it's been on for five years. How are you got? Yeah, whatever. Oh, well, here. All right. Well, we'll drive away. We'll steer out of that skin and go on to. <laughs> Uh, 85 here one hour photo um where would you put this in robin williams trajectory career wise was he still kind of viable and this was one of those side projects where look i'm a serious actor kind of thing or was this like the slide quality wise had begun are we pre or post flubber see i don't this is definitely post flubber but i don't know because I never saw it, and I, I only saw parts I of Insomnia. Was, and I was like, oh, um, I don't really want to see him as a psychotic murderer man. Yeah, because he did Insomnia the same year, and I didn't see hard. Oh, I, did, I only saw part of that. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, I watched that, and I I don't know. That movie's okay. I didn't really fully connect with it, but. Meh. It was, it, it was what it was. But I, I I never saw it, so I couldn't speak to it. You know, no. It's still just weird for me to think that he's no longer with us when something like that crops up here on the screen. But yeah, well, it's also strange to remember going to see Undercover Brother in the theater and to realize, oh, it came out 14 years ago. Yeah. Oh man. <laughs> oh god. <laughs> Now yep, uh, we had the okay. Was analyze that the sequel or was that the original that the, one? No. There was the that and the this. And well, I don't this was the first one. Okay. That was the second one. Okay. So I, but I already that, mentioned that before. I don't know if you heard me. But yeah, I heard you. I just didn't really respond to it. Oh, well, I forgot. Harold Ramis directed that. Oh sure. Hmm. 
Well, did you do both of those? Yeah. Oh, okay. But I mean, how could you forget the Dana Carvey masterpiece that was Master of Disguise? Easily. <laughs> anyway, uh, I keep uh, I keep the, skipping the over penis, all the Nicholas the Cage ones. Did you Did you ever watch that? What? What? Uh, number eighty two. I think we're looking at a different list because I see murder by numbers according to oh, box office. Okay, well that would explain why we're like going this number, no this thing. Because yeah, I I keep thinking you're like jumping way ahead on the list. But well, I am because we're still mired down in the seventy. We got seventy more to go. <laughs> oh, dear. well, okay. The the pianist or piano pianist or what is it? The give that penis the sandwich. Yeah, the penis. The pianist. Yes. That was. Did you ever watch that? I did not. Okay, I know that that was one of the Oscar movies that year. It might have. Well, Adrian Brody, that's the one Brody won the best. Okay, I was going to say I thought it won something. And he came and went, and then talked about booby traps, which apparently they're rebooting. I heard yesterday. I think. Yes, more Predator. More Predator to come. I think Predators was fine. For what it was, it was fine. But wholly forgettable. Yes, but it was fine. <laughs> I don't It did what it could do. It. Yeah, I mean, it was, like you said, it achieved what it set out to do. Um, but it's not something that, like, when I'm thinking of movies or, ooh, I haven't watched such and such in a while, I don't automatically go back to it. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it was fine. Uh, All right, well, the next one on my list was kind of a cult hit back in the day, the whole Bend It Like Beckham. All right, I got to find it on my list. (laughs) Because my box office mojo is not matching up to your IMDb. Thank God. (laughs) (laughs) Bend It Like Beckham, I did see, and it was was what it was, how wholly forgettable, for me at least. Well, I just remember that being, I think, where Posh Spice resurfaced all of a sudden because everybody's like, well, who's this Beckham person? Anybody who wasn't into soccer. Who is this Beckham person? Um, It's a movie I totally don't remember. I Spy with Eddie Murphy and Owen Wilson. Well, of course, because that was during Eddie Murphy's great period where he did such (laughs) things as Pluto Nash and... Other, Daddy Daycare, and... Speaking of great, the hot chick with Rob Schneider. Well, he was a stapler. (laughs) (laughs) God help us. No more Schneider. No more Schneider. What about me? K-19, the Widowmaker. Again, during the bad period, it's like all these actors just in this garbage period, Robin Williams, Eddie Murphy, Harrison Ford, they just kind of, I see collateral damage, that was Schwarzenegger, you just have this whole run of late 90s, early 2000s, they all did crap. It was just every movie was, it seemed like every movie was interchangeable, even though they were all different, every movie that these guys did just seemed like it was doing the same thing. Uh, I wonder if there's some kind of a pattern to that, because, like, nearly everybody we just mentioned more or less kind of became a big name in the 80s. And it's like two decades on, are you just kind of, and the rest as far as <laughs> scripts go or opportunities? Or 
Yeah, I wonder. I mean, who came of, of age in the 90s? What are they doing now? Like Brad Pitt is doing all sorts of weird, crazy things. And I think the difference is that you had all those big stars of the 80s, Schwarzenegger, Stallone, Ford, Eddie Murphy. And they're all doing this, and Robin Williams to a smaller extent. They're doing this crap around this time period. Whereas if you take the guys who came of age in the 90s, put them now, I think the big difference is they all kind of took the reins in, of, on their own hands to not repeat that problem. So I think the difference with the guys who started in the 90s, like Clooney and Pitt, uh, I, I, basically anybody now who becomes like that same level of big star, mm-hmm. I think they're taking the reins in producing. So they're going to make sure that they don't want to repeat those mistakes of getting into the rut of, well, you were this, so now do that four more times. Hey, I'll find <laughs> something else you now do that four more times. I think these guys are going, well, we don't want to get bogged down into doing the same part over and over again. So everybody's got their own production company now. And well, there's choosing. that. You've got a lot more opportunities with like television and Netflix streaming series and things like that where you can get kind of reinvigorated that way. That too. I just think, even as just as that very top level, you know, the top level A star, you know, Tom Cruise has his production company and he'll make a Mission Impossible every couple of years, but he's going to try and make sure that they've got auteurs and they're different so that they don't get bogged down to doing the same thing over and over again. And then he does different things every now and then again to, to change it up a little bit. So. I think that's the big difference between these actors from the 80s versus the ones who came up in the 90s is these guys saw what happened to the guys of the 80s and said, yeah, Stallone pretty much did everything the exact same until he just ran himself into the ground. So we need to be more choosy with our screenplays and take more control. Boy, Eddie Murphy was busy this year. He had another one with Robert De Niro called Showtime. Yeah. <laughs> and then you got the guys from the 70s, like Pacino and De Niro, that just become jokes of themselves and yeah, take up well, four movies yeah. a year. Well, we're just going to keep doing stuff. All right. <laughs> now we're funny. Now we're not. Now we're funny. Kind of. Uh, no. <laughs> All right. So now we roll our way towards 50, and the only other one I see in the uh, bottom 50 is Star Trek Nemesis, which... We're getting a new Star Trek series, and we've already talked about that a little bit on a previous episode, and we get a new Star Trek movie, so that one already had its soft reboot, and it continues. Yeah, I don't know. I think I mentioned that story of of seeing a trailer for Nemesis. I don't even remember what movie I was going to go see, but like the ship appeared on screen, and then the first line of the trailer was something like against orders. And there was just like this collective sigh from the audience. It's like, ah, oh. again, again, <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's my like lasting memory of that movie for some reason. All right. Now we get down below 50. Well, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to stay a little oh, bit no. higher up, but no, not the tuxedo um, with Jackie Chan. Well, actually, <laughs> I'll get to Jackie Chan later. Uh, Wind Talkers. I think this is where John Woo kind of uh, tapped out as far as uh, making Hollywood films. Wasn't Uh, that his last major 
very possible. I don't remember when Crouching Tiger was. Um, no, that's Ang Lee. No, I was going to say, yeah, that yeah. wasn't John Woo. Right, John Woo. You talk, but, yeah, dude, you talk about doing the same is... thing over and over again. Holy crap. Say what? what? You talk about doing the same thing over and over again. Holy crap. John, yeah, John Woo. Woo. <laughs> the Michael Bay of Asian cinema, John Woo. Well, I don't know. I mean, he, he'd been making films for a long time. I think he just had his style. I don't know if that style, you know, it was like, kind of like a formula that worked for him and that he was comfortable with. I'm trying to think of how long he was kind of on the scene here stateside making movies. Well, 96? Well, he did Broken Arrow was 95. Okay. Uh, as far as... If only there was a machine yeah, if connected, only, as 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 we always say, um, yeah, hard I target. It was only a maybe seven eight year period there where he was just a really go. big name, and yeah, but he didn't do much because uh, looking at his list here, he did Hard Target ninety three, Broken Arrow ninety six, Face Off ninety seven, Mission Impossible two, two thousand, Wind Talkers o two, Paycheck oh yeah, Affleck. 03 <laughs> and then something called Red Cliff in 09 that made $627,000 <laughs> and he was done. Uh, was yep, it. yep. I thought I thought when talkers might be about the end of his run. But I'll tell you someone who just kept going, the dynamic duo of Morgan Freeman and Ashley Judd. Did. How many movies did they do? Never stop. <laughs> <laughs> which one? Uh, which one are we talking about? Uh, high Crimes was this one. Oh yeah, you, man. I, what was I it about the late? I don't think that I could probably. If you like, said, "All right, you're going to sit through a marathon of these things," and you asked me what the titles were, <laughs> I wouldn't have a clue. They all just kind of blended together. There's something that, like, if you need some background noise. While you're doing something and something's on Netflix, you're like, yeah, okay. <laughs> I just look at it as what in the hell was wrong with the late 90s and early 2000s where it was everybody just, you did that well, do it again. Because <laughs> that seems to be the uh, the theme of this episode is everyone we come across is... Freeman couldn't leave seven, is that what you're saying? Well, Ashley Judd, because she was in Heat and then she was in Time to Kill... And then all of a sudden, kiss the girls, and something about double jeopardy, and then yeah. high crimes. As she just kind of kept going back to that until it looks like she finally stopped around 2004. Took a break. Had I, I remember hearing about the movie Bug in 2007 it was like a little indie thing, and then I don't think I ever heard of that movie in my life. What and was then, that? About? Oh. I don't really remember. I just remember the, hearing the title as being oh, like okay. a little indie coming back. And then ever since then, she's just been in like Disney sideline kind of things like oh, okay. the tooth fairy and dolphin tail. And, <laughs> and is of she, course she, she was, is she the mom character now? Is that what she basically? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I mean, she's nearing 50. So yeah, probably so. And, and of course, uh, in the Divergent series, which is the finest box office has to offer nowadays. I can't wait to talk about our episode of 
how we can do the Divergent series because I don't think we can do it any better than what it has been done so far. <laughs> you know, you're going to be first in line when that next one comes out. <laughs> Never, ever again will I get suckered into going into the theater. I swear to God, I you're, will tell the listeners. You're going to go see another one of those Maze Runner movies. Oh, I God. I will Come tell on. the listeners that I got suckered into going to see that because it was like a weekly thing of, yeah, let's go to the movies every week. And that buddy of mine got me to go see Divergent. And I have never felt so dirty walking out of a movie <laughs> because I felt like I was being sold the biggest bill of goods ever. <laughs> I was literally well, watching I, I a think checklist. It's just fair to say that we're not the audience for that. I, no one is in any way, shape, or form. But I have never wanted to subject myself to it. So it's literally like <laughs> watching somebody with a clipboard and a checklist. <laughs> That's what it is. Because they're just sitting there going, "Young girl, check. She rebels against the system and dystopic future. Check." Hot guy way older than her, but some reason into her? Check. Hot guy teaches her how to use a weapon? Check. She surprises him by using weapon? Check. Older actress who's somewhat famous stars as the... Check. Yeah. Oh, God. Stop it. Anyway, that's enough time about that. We'll have to do a special episode on the Divergent series one of these days. Never. Never. Uh, never. Oh, here's another movie that I heard a lot about and never watched. The Hours. Mm, I remember bait. that being a little sub phenomenon back then. I think it got nominated for a bunch of stuff at the end of the year, if I'm remembering right. That might be why. Well, that was a. Uh, I think that was the Nicole Kidman Oscar. I oh, believe. did she win an Oscar for this? I believe that was her. Okay. Somebody won the Oscar for that. I believe it was Nicole Kidman. Yeah, because Joanne Moore didn't. Meryl Streep didn't. Yeah, that was Kidman's. So. I gotcha. Uh, yeah. uh, Reign of Fire. How many directed DVD <laughs> movies of that have there been? Oh, good for you, dragon. <laughs> oh, so you want to hunt dragons? Well, fine. All right, I will. <laughs> <laughs> Bale, McConaughey. Why are they paired together in Dragon Movie? Uh, no, that. That's just got to be one of those. It's like, all right, we got to pay the mortgage or something <laughs> kind of jobs or we'll do this. And then, you know, each of us can go off and do something that we want to do. Or Well, not necessarily. You like have to remember, you have to, you have to place yourself in 2002, though. Well, let's do it. That, I mean, that was uh, McConaughey was still in the growing pay stages and Christian Bale was hardly anything except I was an American psycho and I was a child actor. He wasn't anything yet. Yeah, that's a good point. He wouldn't really... Well, what did... Uh, no, he did, what, The Machinist or whatever? That was a couple years after this. After this. I mean, as far as fame-wise, he was a child actor in, what was it, The Last Emperor or whatever it yep, was. Yep, yep, And then he was in uh, Newsies, yep. I think. Well, <laughs> and then... No, Empire of the Sun, that's what he was in. Yeah, and then uh, he did American Psycho was this, like, big coming-out party, but he didn't... I mean... Actual, like, A-list status didn't come until Batman Begins Dark Night time. Right, McConaughey was doing the rom-coms. rom-com of the week. Well, he was just getting started, too. He was still coming off of, he's he's a good actor and time to kill. And he was Contact still, and... Yeah, and then that, was, that sheen was starting to... 
Okay, he did another one with Kate Hudson? What? This time it's with Sandra Bullock. <laughs> For some reason. <laughs> uh, 28 Days Later, I remember, I think I only saw that one time. I liked it. Uh, I don't think I ever saw the sequel, though. I saw the first bits of that one and thought, yeah, okay, but I'm not a big zombie fan, so. I'm not huge into the genre but i thought that it was a fun little spin on it the idea of kind of waking up um out of a coma and the world having gone insane like that was kind of an interesting way of uh, hooking the audience and everything and danny boyle has been talking about doing a new one of some form in that universe okay so what uh, that's the last thing he released who danny boyle yeah uh he did steve jobs Okay. With uh, with Fassbender. That's right. Fassbender. <laughs> As your Fassbender. Yeah. The time uh, machine. Phone booth. Did you ever watch that? I did not. This was around that time where we would randomly rent from a place that uh, is from ancient times that we like mm. to call Blockbuster Video. Mm. That you ancient children would remember. And uh, it was only kind of the big things as, uh, yeah, we we didn't have a lot of money to do anything. So it was occasionally seeing some of them. Like I, and, and for some reason, I remember actually going to the theater to see The Time Machine and uh, with Guy Pierce. Yeah, I remember a little bit of the imagery from that and very little else. I remember the moon falling over London or something like that. And some jungle scene, and that's it. <laughs> I don't really remember much. It was <laughs> highly unmemorable. Yeah. Uh, well, since you brought up Jackie Chan, um, is this before or after some of those like buddy movies with Owen Wilson, Chris Tucker, etc.? Oh, it's right in the middle of it, son. Is it? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I couldn't remember when. Smack dab in the middle. All those of happened, but uh, actually, weirdly enough, uh, this was the Chanaissance. <laughs> let's hope so. <laughs> I, I actually, weirdly enough, got kind of hooked into watching some of his older movies this past weekend, and it's going, "Hey, that's right. He <laughs> had some really cool stuff here." And then, yeah, I think he got kind of overexposed or not used correctly. And uh, I think everybody just kind of burned out on him. But talented, talented guy. That he was, Edward. Well, he's still with us. <laughs> he's, not, he's not gone. Well, I look at uh, a movie on here that I'm surprised at how it actually is a franchise and then probably one of Paramount's most profitable franchises is Jackass the Movie. <laughs> Three of them, uh, and they've got to yeah. be the most profitable movies in that company's history because they can't not take more than a million dollars to make them, and they make a killing. Oh, yeah. Well, what, they did three of those and they yeah. were done? Pretty much, yeah. Yeah. Till there's enough broken bones to go around. <laughs> Never saw more than about ten minutes of them, but whatever. I think I saw the second one all the way through. Yeah. Oh, like just... Mike <laughs> with Jonathan Lipnicki. Well, yes. 
<laughs> the human head does weigh. I'm sure he loves to hear any of that uh, right now. Yes, I'm. I'm sure he and Jake Lloyd should probably move <laughs> in together and just be like screw everybody. Well, he's on a like Screen Junkies. Actually, has their pay for play YouTube channel that uh, they have Jonathan Lipnicki starring in some show that they're doing. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, there you go. This is strange enough. There's the aforementioned insomnia. Uh, so you said that you saw that all the way through or didn't see that? I didn't. Again, this is the time period where I barely saw a lot of these things. It's, it's and, and never really had the, like, oh, I need to go back and see that. It was like pretty much the big stuff I saw, mm-hmm. the smaller stuff, I never did. It was just during this time period. Unfaithful was okay, as I remember. Did you see that? Oh, absolutely. Diane Lane, childhood crush. I would not have missed that for the world. Yeah, she was looking pretty smoking in that, as I recall. This is such a guy podcast. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) So Uh, we're just going to go through the list and look at the elite actresses and just go, yep. I was going to say, well, let's go 180 (laughs) degrees the other direction here. Jack Nicholson. (laughs) Uh, Nope. (laughs) About to admit. (laughs) Never saw it. (laughs) Well, I'm trying to remember kind of where he was at, if he was appearing in much at this point, or if this was like he was doing... That's starting to wind down. Yeah, one every now and again type of thing, and um, I feel like he kind of had that run there in the early 90s coming off of Batman, where he was cranking stuff out on a pretty regular basis, and yeah, I think we were kind of getting into the, well... Well, I think we can we can notice patterns if we're going to do this by you know thinking about the actor the stars and all these. It seems like there is a definitive pattern for everybody, and it seems like the guys of that era, the Nicholsons, the Eastwoods, the Redfords, they all kind of got a, a late career renaissance and then spun that off into movie after movie after movie and just did everything. And then they either hit one more little peak and then decided, yeah, I'm just going to go away. Or they just kind of petered out. You have like. Uh, you probably, for Nicholson, would have to go with what? As good as it gets? I think you had the Batman and uh, a few good men. And he just ran that into, I'm going to do a bunch of movies. And then he had As Good as It Gets come out as a surprise mm-hmm. and then spun that into a, a few more. Did uh, whatever awful was with uh, Adam Sandler and uh, anger management. Yeah, he did the bucket list with Morgan Freeman. (laughs) But he just kind of, and then he just kind of realized, yeah, I'm done. And Eastwood had Unforgiven, and then In the Line of Fire, and then he just started. Oh, Clint Eastwood's in every movie, and then he faded out. Ninety four, he got. Did he win for directing that year? Uh, for Unforgiven Unforgiv- in 92, yeah. And then he... Oh, that's 92, okay. And then he just kind of did everything. Then it was like, oh, okay, he's just kind of doing everything. Then all of a sudden he did Million Dollar Baby, which came out of nowhere, won in the Oscar, and now and then yeah, he's he just directing. doing more with just straight-up directing, I think. Yeah, and Redford, the same thing. He just kind of all of a sudden... Um, it was like early 90s, he, or right around sneakers, actually. Mm-hmm. He, the, the, the mysterious episode of our podcast history that we'll, we'll always hang out there. I was actually thinking about point. that. I was actually thinking about that for some reason the other day I was listening to some other podcast and they were talking about like 
cyber thriller movies just in general. I was like, is it even possible to make a good cyber thriller movie? <laughs> is it Snakers. even possible? Sneakers. They all seem to, yeah, they all seem to suffer from the same problem post sneakers. Well, but I, anyway, that's just the, it seems like these patterns or these actors are very similar. And I wonder if they'll continue. Like now you have Stallone had ran himself into the ground, then did a little bit of a renaissance himself with Rocky Balboa and Rambo, which were like, hey, those are pretty good. And let's put you in every movie again. And <laughs> then all of a sudden it's like, okay, now he's in every movie and go away. And then all of a sudden Creed shows up and he's nominated for an actor award. And you're like, holy crap. And then probably in about two or three years, Stallone will finally say, yeah, okay, I'm done. So it just seems to be the, the same patterns for everybody. Um, just like the Spy Kids movies that never end. Is <laughs> <laughs> there like three or four of those or something? Uh, there was at least three of them. I, I don't know. Uh, the first one was... I've meh. never seen any of them, so I can't speak to it. I just know the third one was called... 3D. 3D. <laughs> of course it was, because it's 3D. Yeah, and that's about... All I know about it. Well, here you go. Superhero World, Blade 2. That was the, uh, uh, not Benicio, Guillermo del Toro one, which uh, everyone says, that one's great. And you know what? I've seen all the Blade movies, and they are highly unmemorable in every way, shape, <laughs> or form. Uh, for me, they blend uh, in with the Underworld movies, where they're just of yeah, that period of Matrix I think I saw. I think I saw the back end of maybe the first one where they're in some weird multi-level temple thing with blood draining yeah it was steven dorf or something tubes and stuff and i'm just like what the hell am i watching of course you know coming at the end of the movie it's kind of hard to judge the whole thing but yeah it didn't what i saw of it i wasn't like whoa but um I don't know. I think that's just one of those series that you either kind of went with or you didn't. Well, here's the thing. That one is probably... Everyone wanted more Chris Christopherson in 2002. <laughs> that's the one thing I'm sure of. That one is probably ripe for somebody to bring back up now, especially now. Somebody's thinking, all right. Oh, yeah, Wesley Snipes would like him to bring it back up. But I'm thinking somebody's out there... And especially right now as we sit here going, we're in the middle of superhero movie out the butt, and <laughs> Deadpool just killed it at the box office with a rated R superhero movie making $130 million in February. And Blade can be a rated R movie. Actually, I think oh, they yeah. were. Well, I think part of the problem with, as I understand it, part of the problem with the Blade franchise in general was just it wasn't really... He didn't have a whole lot of character. Yeah, it was it was the '90s problem. It was the Spawn problem, the Todd McFarlane problem, where everything was like, or the the the, uh, the Venom problem in Spider Man. Mm. He looks so cool on that variant cover, that comic issue in the '90s. Let's get it. What's the character? The what now? <laughs> Look, we just bought a costume. Yeah. <laughs> just wear this and that's the reason. Look angry. <laughs> that's the reason why Spawn was so huge in the nineties. He looks so cool. Look at my action figure. Looks so cool. Is there a character? Not so much. That's but kind of that the what problem. Happened with the Punisher too. <laughs> no, the Punisher's a little bit more of a character, and I think we'll see that coming up here when he's in the 
the second season of Daredevil on Netflix coming soon. It looks like they're going to be dealing more with his character, which is kind of cool. But as far as Blade, I don't know any of the comics. I just saw the movies, and I think it's ripe for some sort of reinterpretation. Whether it's it's needed or not, I don't know. Our well, opinion is usually no. Two thousand and four. Yeah, three or four. That was the one right, with Ryan so Reynolds. Figure if somebody heard this today and went, "Damn it, they're right," <laughs> and got running on this, the soonest you could expect anything would be twenty eighteen. Yeah, or they could rush it and get it done next year. But right, but uh, still, that would be quite a bit of time that had passed since the last one came out. Is the point I'm making with that? So. True, and I think it, I just I think that'll happen. I think there'll be somebody sitting there now looking at Deadpool success and going, what do we have that can be R-rated? Because there's a market. <laughs> Damn it, people. We need something that's R-rated. Yeah, yeah I saw that uh, they're going to have the next Wolverine movie be R-rated or something. But of course they are. <laughs> Why would <gasps> We can be edgy, too. Yeah. Well, moving on, I see Red Dragon, more of the crazy uh, Hannibal series, which... Oh, I... that never seemed to end. Yes, and now I mean, they're... I like the original movie fine. It's obviously a classic and everything, but any of those sequels, you can just kind of keep them as far as I'm concerned. They just kept milking that thing. Well, Red Dragon is nothing but Manhunter reconceived. So, uh, I mean, Red Dragon's the original book title, and Manhunter was the Michael Mann movie made in the 80s with Brian Cox's Hannibal Lecter. and yourself. So, and then they did the Hannibal prequel movie, which was garbage. Mm. And, but they did the, the, so the only real true sequel to Silence of the Lambs is Hannibal. And they couldn't well, even I'm get Julianne Moore back. The whole pantheon of Hannibal related films, wherever they fall in the timeline, I just kind of, eh. Yeah. And then they did the series, which I've heard from many people was great. I watched the first two episodes and I was like, yeah, it's not bad. And many people were like, yeah, it's great. But of course it was recently canceled, but I don't know. I'm sure it was fine. I I just don't tend to get into serial killer shows personally. But oh me. sure. Well then, there's the Scorpion King, which was in the, the oddity called the Mummy <laughs> franchise. That was somehow a franchise. Was was it a franchise? Oh, <laughs> well, it was the Mummy, the Mummy Two, and then the Scorpion King was a spinoff with The Rock. So yeah, yes. that was just kind of one of those lurching, kind of like a mummy, uh, just kind of one of those lurching properties that they just kept going, well, it makes money <laughs> when we open these things. But I don't know if anybody was ever like truly that excited about that whole property. Well, it was part of the the time uh, back then when the equivalent of Jai Courtney and Sam Worthington. Okay. Here's Brendan Fraser. He's a star. Here's another one. Brendan <laughs> he's a Fraser. Star, I tell you. Damn it, Brendan Fraser is a star. <laughs> no, he's not. Yeah, yes, he man. They really did after Encino, man. They really did work hard there for years to make him the star, didn't they? Yeah, he was. Yeah, they have a lot of vehicles. He was the Sam Worthington. Look, he's the, he's a star, isn't he? No, he's not. He's he's, he's fine. Yeah, he, <laughs> I got he, nothing against the guy, but <laughs> yeah. he doesn't need to headline, not, and he'll be fine. Yeah, not not a box office draw for me. But all right, now we're into the twenties here. We're we continue to roll along. Oh, I see another franchise. I see. 
the Ben Affleck Jack Ryan franchise that never was more than one. <laughs> Which I was going to say, well, this I think this is the. Is this where he's trying to resurrect the career or right before the fall happens? No, this is right in the middle of the okay. descent. Okay. <laughs> this see, was post I saw changing Pearl. lanes a little bit further back there, and that eh, movie's all right. No, this is know. when Affleck... A little was, over the top, but... No, this is when Affleck was doing everything. Okay. This was post-Pearl Harbor and Reindeer Games and before Paycheck, and, I mean, he was just... Affleck everywhere. Yeah. And personally, I mean, the Jack Ryan series in and of itself is an oddity that we might cover in an episode sometime soon, maybe. Oh, we've talked about it. And it's just that it's a weird thing to be called a franchise because it's they're based on the popular novels and I've read most of the novels and they're good, but there's never been anything definitive about the character of Jack Ryan that stands out to say he is the greatest hero on screen or in literature. It's just more like eh, it's a little procedural government spy. Yeah, I was gonna thing. say I think he's usually just the right guy in the right place at the right time. Basically, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and he never has had a consistent character where the only consistency is he's a CIA analyst who's always telling people, I can't do action stuff. I'm an analyst. And he was a Marine who was in traction or something. The consistency is that I played him twice. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but it's such a weird franchise. And yet when I look at it, I think the greatest movie of all five, because I've mm-hmm. seen all five. Because I just recently saw the uh, weird Chris Pine entry. Yeah, I skipped out on that one. (laughs) And that was, uh, okay. I think the biggest problem with that one is the the difficulty getting past Kira Knightley doing an American accent was so strange and off-putting. Yeah, she is definitely not a box office draw for me. It's not even not even usually the opposite. It's not even good or bad. It's just the fact that. She was horribly miscast in that role. That that whole movie just looked kind of weird to me. It didn't seem like it had. I mean, you were talking about like procedural. I, that would be the stamp that I put on that. That looked like a kind of paint by the numbers, like play it safe, name recognition, make our money the first weekend it opens and walk away from the thing type of affair. No, I think they legitimately thought we're restarting the Jack Ryan series. Oh, it would have been. Nice. I mean, if they'd gotten away with it. But again, I didn't see it. I can't really bitch beyond my just general impression from the commercials that I saw, which isn't no, it exists <laughs> entirely in that, valid. So it exists in that grand realm of the one to ten scale, somewhere around a four or five. Okay. It's not the worst thing I've ever seen, and it's certainly not worth a sequel. But some of all fears with Affleck. I liked it. I thought it was good. It was. I liked parts of that. It was directed um, by Phil Alden Robinson from Sneakers and Field of Dreams, so I, I thought it was good. I remember the end of it seeming, like, really long and drawn out. A little bit. Yeah. It was probably my biggest knock on it was just I, did, I remember not, and I don't remember even all the details to it, but I just remember not being really engaged with it wrapping up. It's like I liked the relationship between him and uh, 
God, I can't even think of the character's name. Kathy. The lady who was going to become his wife. There you go. Um, I like their dynamic. Uh, I like kind of the setup for everything. I thought it worked fine as far as the, what was it? It was a bomb at the Super Bowl or something? Yes, the awkward Baltimore Super Bowl inside yes, the Olympic the Stadium from Montreal. Super Bowl. <laughs> yes. uh, With the president remember, somehow being yeah. uh, at field level for some reason in the some seats with reason. the fans. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah, I remember liking all of that and then it's just like they got into the back half of the movie and said, well, how do we want to wrap this up? Um... I don't know. Let's have a lot of different like conspiracy talk and political philosophizing and oh look, Nazis? What? What's happening? <laughs> oh, and the movie's done. <laughs> now Jack Ryan's over here, El Guapo. That's <laughs> <laughs> kinda how I felt by the end of it. So it was it was all right, but uh just didn't re- really have the momentum that I felt like the original three had. Oh. Um, well, now we're nearing the top 20, and now we hit the big time here because now we're talking about the Bourne series, which is, according to the Super Bowl trailer recently, is being reborn with Matt Damon. Oh, man. And well, they have uh, a new one of those, yeah, coming out in the summer. August? Yeah, this summer. So. Okay. So Jason Bourne returns. God, that's a series that it's like I always remember kind of enjoying it while I'm watching it. And I can't remember hardly anything that happens individually in each of those movies. Especially the second and third one are typically those are just absolutely 100 percent. These are fantastic while you're watching it. And then when you try to remember, you're like, I remember shaky cam. Yeah. (laughs) I, I remember more of the first one, I think, because there was less of the shaky cam and it was something that was like completely new and that kind of fighting style and everything was something we hadn't really seen before and it seeming fresh. And I remember enjoying well enough the two sequels, but nothing stuck with me from those movies. Well, there's another one. Well, good. <laughs> and, and it's not Jeremy Renner. The, didn't they have one with uh, Renner in it, too? Yes, and apparently Skype is giving us a nice little delay here as I say things and then you immediately repeat them. <laughs> okay. Whoop, whoops. <laughs> no, I just, we're not able to really talk over one another, I'm finding. So, um, yes, the Renner experiment uh, in Mission Impossible and the Avengers and the Bourne series. <laughs> it's all just about. Stick this man in somewhere. Well, do you want him to take over the franchise? No. Do you want him to die off or something dramatically in the films? No. Well, what do you want him here for? <laughs> He's Jeremy Renner. <laughs> he has pictures of us with farm animals, so please stick that man <laughs> in anything you can. Uh, I I don't know what happened there with him in Age of Ultron, but uh, okay. well, we he did, obviously we did an episode on that. He obviously broke out the pictures again of the farm animals because he got more screen time in Age <laughs> he, of Ultron. He did live on a farm in that, in that movie. So. He got the bigger scenes in that movie because they felt like they had to make it up to Jeremy Renner. God, what I is this like guy? I was watching one of those like Simpsons McBain episodes. <laughs> oh man, I've only got two days till retirement. <laughs> <laughs> oh good lord. <laughs> Uh, uh, okay, well, here, I'm going to backtrack a little bit since our numbering is off here. Gangs of New York. Oh, that's way up there. That's a Scorsese DiCaprio dealio. Oh, sure. But we're here. The title's been thrown out there. Was this something that you saw back in the day or saw in theaters? Or? No, I saw much later. And uh, 
maybe four or five years ago and I watched it and I will say this to the detriment of uh, anyone listening who will immediately turn it off, but I am not <laughs> a big Scorsese fan. I, uh, not for lack of, well, I can't say I'm not a big fan because I just quite honestly, none of his big famous oeuvre has interested me enough to say, I got to go see Goodfellas. And I, I, I just don't care. I'm not a mobster crime Sopranos guy. I never could care less about any of that stuff. And none of it interested me. So I'm I never went there. in every like fifth movie kind of Scorsese fan. It's like, I, I can appreciate, um, his kind of place in cinema history and with film and all of that. It's not something where just because of that, I always give the movies a pass, but uh, he's kind of intriguing, but at some points he's so kind of repetitive or certain things too. You're just kind of like, okay. So sometimes you feel like, well, if I've seen one of these, I've kind of seen them all. And then other times you're going, well, this is fresh and interesting. So um, yeah, I, I just kind of, kind of like shooting the rapids with uh, him, I guess, is how I approach it. So some of the stuff kind of intrigues me or draws me in, and some of the stuff I'm just kind of like, if I get around to seeing it, great. If not, it's okay, too. Uh, Gangs of New York, probably the main reason I wanted to see that was I always enjoy seeing what Daniel Day-Lewis does with characterization and everything. So I think when I watched it, I was mostly watching for that. Uh, The movie just had kind of a, a lot of stories about him showing up in character and staying in character for the entire production. Well, he's famous for doing that no matter yeah, what. Right. So um, that was kind of interesting. The movie itself, uh, again, parts of it were kind of interesting. I remember the beginning fight in particular being pretty cool. And then it just kind of, for me, spiraled down from there. And by the end of it, I'm just like, I don't know what's happening anymore. <laughs> uh but, yeah, it was just kind of one of those middling ones, I thought. Um, kind of the nice effort, but didn't quite hit it, I guess, would be my... It wasn't as good as Made in Manhattan with Jennifer Lopez and McConaughey? Few things are. Good. All right, all right, all right. Yes. We also had the We Were Soldiers, which might be the last bankable Mel movie, yes? Uh, bankable or... Overall positive good because bankable would be passion of the Christ. Okay, well, uh, where he was starring in it, I guess. Yeah, I. Yeah, I mean, I he's like starred in a few is movies right since. before the fall. I mean, passion of the Christ and doing the press for that is kind of where everything came to light and fell apart. Yeah, so this would be close to the end. Okay. Um. All right, we're rolling down the list. We're rolling down the list. We did minority panic report. room. Panic room. Well, sure it's did. <laughs> it is Venture, and it's uh, uh, Twilight Girl too. As a kid, um, Kristen Stewart. So it's the start of Twilight. There you go, ladies and gentlemen. Panic room. <laughs> the the first Twilight, Twilight movie. <laughs> All actors. She was a vampire. <laughs> she she hung out in a panic room. <laughs> jo- Jodie Foster turned her into a vampire. You know it. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it, I saw it. Wasn't super impressed. I, I, I'm not it's very not impressed with a lot I here. Really, yeah, I know. <laughs> it's not something that I really go back to a lot. I just uh, usually like checking out Fincher as a director, too. Um, again, not everything. So do you mean... Me, but... 
So, so it's interesting to see visually what he does. So should Fincher go and direct the Santa Claus three? I think it's already happened, hasn't it? Did, did they ever stop making those Santa Claus movies? For all I know, there could be like 15 of those things floating around. Garbage day! <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Rolling down the list. Triple uh, X. They're doing a, a new Triple X movie with Vin Diesel rebooting. Yes. What? So Really? Why? Uh, I guess he wants to do that again because they did the second one with ice cube and now he's coming back and i'm gonna well, do a new one for that whole thing where i don't make sequels right he did uh, that after fast of, and the furious yeah and yeah then, i think that was part of the reason that there wasn't a sequel with him in it for the triple x yeah still and, thinking that way yeah and then all of a sudden it was uh i don't make sequels except I'm going to make sequels because look at my bank account. (laughs) (laughs) When I do, my bank account grows. So it's a direct correlation. So I will do it. Therefore, I will. (laughs) (laughs) That's my best Vin Diesel. Oh, my Uh, God. Another Adam Sandler movie. What the hell? How many movies was he in this year? Mr. Deeds. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, the, the, this was his heyday, man. This was his time. Yes. This was his time to make his mark, and his mark was, oh, he does, he does the same stuff. He, he can act a little bit, but he didn't do it enough. Basically. Basically. Probably. Scooby-Doo, there was a second one. Now they're talking about doing a reboot for TV with, like, updating the characters, more modern. Uh, I think, I don't know. All right. What is your take on the whole taking something that was animated and making it live action? Has it ever worked? Exactly. I mean, the the, the Flintstones with John Goodman, Scooby-Doo with Sarah Michelle Gellar, Dennis the Menace with Walter Matthau. Yeah, it just never seems like a good idea. It's one of those things where, oh, really? You know, we've got the Squeakwool or whatever, the Chipmunk movies. The Shit Rats. (laughs) (laughs) And their garbage films. Uh Uh-huh. As opposed to Star Wars. Didn't you have a live-action Garfield at some point? Uh, well, according to Bill Murray, that was his biggest regret. Okay, well, see, right there, right there, <laughs> you've got Bill Murray labeling it as his biggest regret. All Garfield, right. maybe. <laughs> uh, it's a bad idea. Walk away from it. Don't do it anymore. Yeah, well, we're closing in on the top ten, and so far we're already into ones that are either franchises still going or they are already doing their reboots. What's that about Sweet Home Alabama? Oh, <laughs> uh, well, Reese. See. How many Ring movies were there? I believe two. Okay. For some reason, I thought there was more than that. I'm sure that we're talking direct to, to video ones, I bet. But as far as I know, there were two main ones. Which, they're probably talking about doing a new one. It's it's a YouTube video, not a videotape anymore. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> it just gets Get out of the. It's like nobody can find a player to <laughs> use it. It's just like, oh well, that's the end of that. <laughs> the curse is broken. Why? Because no one has a VCR anymore. Has a VCR, damn it! <laughs> uh, die another day. The technology doesn't work. <laughs> 
Die Another Day, the murder of the James Bond for Pierce Brosnan. Oh, golly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and we already know that's going, and we've done a Bond episode. So right. It, well, like... hey, in, in Bond news, apparently it's even closer to Craig not coming back here for another one as of yesterday, so... Well, considering how lambasted Spectre has been, that's not surprising. Yeah, it's kind of taken it on the chin. Still haven't seen it. Well. Uh, but, yeah, I guess he's signed on for some Netflix? Or maybe it's some show that they're trying to figure out where it's going to land, but he signed on for some series. Good on him. Maybe he'll go back and reprise his role from the Tomb Raider movies with his American accent, because it was great. Laura, we have to go now. It was great. Well, his non-Bond work, he was fine for the minor role he had in Elizabeth. And he did a series, I don't know where it originally aired, called like Archangel. That was pretty decent. Well, his role in Russia. His role in The Force Awakens was the pivotal moment of the movie. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, now we're into the top 10. I see some standalones. They've already done Men in Black 3, and now they're trying to figure out how to do more with Men in Black as all of these studios try <laughs> to figure out. This is a serious question. Do we need another Men in Black movie? Yeah. Yeah. Well, and now you've got <laughs> all the... I think we do. You just have all the studios trying to keep up with Disney and, to a lesser extent, Warner Brothers, who have the built-in franchise and connected worlds. So, yeah, but Sony trying to dig up Men in Black. Yeah, they just they were I, the first one's fine. The second I one's garbage. The second one's apparently terrible. I've never watched it. The third one is throwaway. Okay, <laughs> it's it's like okay that happened. Right. All right, this just doesn't seem to have something that's ever gained much traction beyond it being a hit back in the late nineties, right? Correct, and I think Sony, if this is where we really get into, all right, here's what you need to do, um, I think they need to get away from it being based around the characters. They need to take Men in Black for what it should have been all along. It should have been, here's the world of Men in Black. Instead, they fell in love with, everyone loves Will Smith, and here's Tommy Lee Jones, too. And that's all they did was... And they're the odd couple. Did it, did it, did it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is about Will Smith and it's about Tommy Lee Jones when they really should have gone, this is an interesting world potentially that we have to play with here. Why are we just living with Will Smith and Tommy Lee Jones and Josh Brolin doing a really awesome Tommy Lee Jones impersonation as a young Tommy Lee Jones? I, well, and my other question for you would be this. It seems, and again, you can correct me since I didn't see the second two, but don't they always just end up having Earth get threatened and then save it at the last second? Yeah, exactly. Yep. But, so it's like, all right, well, we've already seen that three times, so we know Earth will get saved. Well, here's, yeah, this goes against what our usual, our basic premise usually is, it's all about the characters. Start with the characters. Work yeah, off of them. Say that a lot. <laughs> but I think you need to maybe go backwards because they did work off the characters for the sequels to Men in Black. And there's nothing there. 
No. So, <laughs> you, you, but there can be some, what I'm saying is, is there can be something there with the world that exists. They just need to figure out how to divorce themselves from Will Smith and Tommy Lee Jones and just create something in the world of men in black, maybe have them cameo, but it, it shouldn't be about them. It should be more about the the crazy world that exists there because they got something if they figured that out. In my yeah, opinion. Maybe he'll hand it off to Jaden. Again, <laughs> something smart could be done. Uh, yes. Austin Powers and Gold Members. Should there be a new Austin Powers? I think we talked about this one time I in the past. I think we did an episode on this, yes. I don't know if we did an episode, but... Oh, yeah, we did. But So, should should there be a new Austin Powers? Go back and listen to that episode. They, they <laughs> randomly mention... They mention it every once in a rare while that Mike Myers could bring it back, but it, nothing still has come since Gold Member in 2002. Which is crazy to say that the third Austin Powers was... 14 years ago. <laughs> a scant 14 years ago. And then the last, what some people will say, good Shyamalan, Shyamalan movie, Signs, was 2002. And more Mel Gibson. I saw that, yeah, I saw that in the theater, as I recall. Yeah. Um, Still on the uh, Sixth Sense glow was Shyamalan. And, oh, and that, what, that was his third? Third, yeah. Yeah. Six Sense, Unbreakable, Signs. That's pretty much the only movies that anyone who thinks Shyamalan will go back to. Anything post that is stuff. <laughs> is staring at the trees. Well. <laughs> what? No. <laughs> what? No. <laughs> oh, that was just such an awesome, honest trailer. <laughs> yes, it was. Watch the honest trailer for the happening. It you'll really be, does you'll be thankful. happening justice. Now, I remember Signs uh, having pretty decent buildup as far as uh, atmosphere and tension went. And as soon as you introduce that water thing, man, <laughs> it yeah. starts to go downhill. Once, uh, once Joaquin Phoenix was told to swing away... M. Knight's career was flushed away. <laughs> oh, God. How did my big fat Greek wedding make so much money? And how are we sitting here 14 years later and suddenly there's a trailer out for my big fat Greek wedding, too? So you talk about they made waiting. another one of those back in the day. I think they made a TV. They attempted a TV version. Oh, all right. Yeah, I thought there was something else that came out. But they're just ran trailers. Uh, you know, wasn't I, that one of those like June surprise movies? That was one of those like most like highest grossing independent movie ever. I think. I don't know how I mean, they that, judge that because it's money. I never know that. Yeah, I don't know how they judge that. I know just from my fandom of box office movie history and stuff that I don't know where the cutoff is as far as like, all right, here's the movies that were made for a hundred to five hundred thousand dollars, and how much is it? I don't know what the comparison is. I know Halloween held the record forever, and then Blair Witch took it, and I think it maybe it's just percentage like total gross versus production cost. Yeah, who knows? And so I think Blair Witch took it from Halloween, but I think there was something about big my big fat Greek wedding, like ver as far as production yeah, versus. Yeah, that, that thing made a lot of money. That's all I know. 
I mean, number five of the year. And then they waited 14 years to make a sequel. So <laughs> that's already. Uh, and then Harry Potter and the Chamber of the Worst Movie of the Series. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't you like Moaning Myrtle? I just did not like this movie at all. It actually took me a long time to actually see this movie all the way through. Uh, I just remember, oh God, I was in grad school and we got some big storm uh, in, around this time of year. And I went and grabbed Minority Report and this uh, from, again, the local, it wasn't Blockbuster, but whatever it was, the video store. And watched, I think, both of them kind of back to back. And, oh, my God, I, I just remember sitting there at points and going, oh, this CGI in this movie is so terrible. And just the, whole the Quidditch match and everything was just awful looking. Just the movie was bad. I, I of all eight Potter movies so far, I, I <laughs> this is just again, it just took me forever to I don't think I see, saw the whole thing till like 2005 or 6. because I, I I'd, I'd started off not really caring about the first two and then it wasn't until I saw 3, The Prisoner of Azkaban, I'm like, oh, most what's people that? kind of yeah, I think most people kind of get on board more fully with 3. I certainly like 3 probably the best. But yeah, 2 is just ugh. <laughs> but they're firing that furnace back up again with the uh Oh Warner Brothers desperately wants you're talking franchise, they desperately want some of that Potter money coming back their way, so Well, it's not gonna be anything like Nicholson money, but well. <laughs> <laughs> stupid Nicholson I money. Just, I just like how that's become like a legit phrase. <laughs> <laughs> stupid oh, Nicholson cool. money. <laughs> Look it up, people. Google Nicholson money. Let's <laughs> see what we mean. We've coined our own inside baseball term. Nicholson money. money. <laughs> so stupid. It is. And so is Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets. <laughs> <laughs> what else do we have in a series I'd of two? I'm around on that one. What else oh, do we there have? There was one earlier on the list that we didn't mention that I just because it ends up on a lot of lists. Uh, the Road to Perdition. Mm-hmm. Um, did was that something that you saw in the theater? I didn't see it. I saw so little in the theater around this time. Everything I saw was at home. The only thing I think I saw in the theater uh, that's on this list. Let me see. If I go back in my memory, when, uh, what was the guy? The Time Machine. I remember that was by accident. Uh, disguise, of course. Episode two saw. Uh, gold member saw that in a the theater. Oh yeah. Um, I mean, there just was not a whole lot I was seeing in the theater. I was dead broke, and just didn't have the ability to go to much. So I'm pretty much that's about it. I think for this year was. Uh, I didn't even think I saw Spider Man and on the big screen. I think I didn't see that until home video either. So yeah, yeah it was pretty much episode two. Gold member and the time machine. There's a wonderful triumvirate. And so you had Hanks and Road to Perdition. You also had him in Catch Me If You Can the same year. True, true. But he's never been an overloading kind of guy. He's no, actually, I think it's kind of unusual for him to be in two movies in one year. True enough. True enough. 
Road to Perdition. It was okay. I, I I liked it fair enough. I, it was no nothing earth shattering, but it was good. Uh, do you have an opinion on Catch Me If You Can? I think that was very good. I mean, again, Spielberg. So <laughs> the Spielberg baseline is a lot higher than many other people's. Uh, well, sure, sure. Best work. So well, yeah, heck, you had DiCaprio in two movies this year too, didn't you? Indeed. Indeed, you did. Yeah, Catch Me If You Can. Hero. Eddie Murphy. Apparently, Adam Sandler was making a movie every other week. <laughs> and then DiCaprio was in the Santa Claus Two. Um, and two point five, the Claus rebooted. <laughs> and Sylvester Stallone was in Sweet Home Alabama. And wait, what? What? <laughs> <laughs> Where are you getting this crap? <laughs> well, speaking of crap, Star Wars Episode Two: Attack of the Clones came out this year. <laughs> we all we have talked about Star Wars enough. We all know what happened. <laughs> what a pile of dumpster fire turds! Good lord! All right, moving on. We already talked about that. Lord of the Rings. Now, here's something that we have never talked about on this show. Um, I feel like, uh, well, we haven't done an episode on it, but I swear to God, this has to have come up at some point. I'm sure it has, and I'm sure maybe I've said it before, but I'll say it again. <laughs> I don't care. I'm sorry. That's fine. It's like it's like Game of Thrones. I don't give a shit. I just, it's not, it's like the crime movie Goodfellas problem for me all over again. I just don't care i tried so hard to watch the first <laughs> two lord of the rings movies and every single time i tried i fell asleep they are on dvd my bought my wife bought them back in the day and i did very easily go and take a disc and put it in and sit and watch but i have no interest in that whatsoever i just don't care i'm just gonna surprise the hell out of you this christmas and get you some hobbit slippers I, um, yes of course <laughs> that would be fantastic well uh i'm kind of in that same camp when it comes to the uh hobbit movies that just came out but the lord of the rings movies i enjoyed quite a bit um, it's been a while since I've gone back and watched any of them but these were movies that i made a point to watch in the theater uh i hadn't at the time i think i'd read the hobbit but i hadn't read these books and i decided that i didn't want to kind of spoil anything for myself or get into comparing and contrasting between the book and the movies i just wanted to enjoy the movies for what they were and so i held off till all those came out and got the big fancy four disc sets and everything and um just really kind of got into this one for me. Uh, I am not by nature a big fantasy movie person, but uh, this series and the way that they did it, I I did like. So a little bit different take for us on this one. And I am 100% understanding that I am completely in the minority on that. There is a minority report about me <laughs> being not in the Lilo and Stitch about an ice age <laughs> you, you known as Lilo Sun. and stitched over this one. All right. <laughs> I, I, I was Mr. Deeds living in sweet home, Alabama with my identity born of a sum of all fears. As I traveled eight miles on a road to perdition back in the ice age with men in black. And I had signs took me to a big fat Greek wedding 
inside the Chamber of Secrets during an attack of a clone that I realized I didn't want to see any towers that were too something. All I've got to say that is Spider-Man. Oh, Spider-Man. Number one, (laughs) the Toby. Uh, Number one at the box office, at least. U.S. grossing. Which might lead into our next episode where we go right back to what's our perfect superhero perfection thing. And maybe we can jump into the Spider-Man after the Hulk. Because this was Sam Raimi's Spider-Man and it's still going. Somehow they're (laughs) still going to make Spider-Man work. Uh, well, since, yeah, since we had the amazing Spider-Man movies and again, uh, you saw both of those. Oh yeah. I've seen, I've seen all five big screen interpretations. Did, did what they were trying to do, did the shadow from this movie and the sequels after it, did it loom so large that, uh, the Amazing Spider-Man series just couldn't get out from under it, or was it kind of was that series kind of suffering from its own missteps, or what? What's your take on that? I think partially it was the shadow of these movies being so popular and putting that image in their head, but it was the Andrew Garfield version was just not different enough from the Sam Raimi version that they almost seemed like it was somebody saying, let's do a remake of the the Sam Raimi versions sort of, but change (laughs) them really a little bit. Kinda. And I think the, see, I don't know. Cause you're trying to compare to the things that are like the Batman's from, from the nineties or uh, I, I guess we'll see how well, Zack Snyder pulls off uh, making us forget about Christian Bale as, as Batman because that's going to be a new. Yeah, that'll be interesting of... to see how that plays out. Speaking of the shadow. Yeah. And I mean, we just talked about it last time about the differences between going from Eric Bana to Edward Norton to Mark Ruffalo. And how do you transition into that? And they made it. They were so different that mm-hmm. you 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 can't really compare them even though Edward Norton is still in the same world as Mark Ruffalo they're still different and Ruffalo's is part of a team whereas Raimi Spider-Man is teen Peter Parker bitten by the spider has a girlfriend gets powers becomes Spider-Man goes and it's blah 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 it's the same thing and then Andrew Garfield gets bit by a spider has a girlfriend goes out gets dressed <laughs> yeah, up becomes Spider-Man kind of screwed up by making another origin story and it just wasn't different enough and i that that was the problem and then when they got scared with part 2 like well let's shove everything in and it just didn't work mm. so it it was just a a failed effort and and i think if they had somehow managed to time warp and put Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire's place in the first place, I think it would have been exponentially better. But I think he worked. It was that prime example of right actor, wrong, wrong version type thing. Um, I'm trying to think of other examples of that. Like, I can't think of any. Somebody who does fine with the role that they're handed, but just doesn't fully work. Yeah, like I've always said, uh, you know, the the best visual of Bruce Wayne on screen has been mm-hmm. the Clooney version. 
but he was in the worst goddamn piece of garbage ever invented by man known as Batman and Robin. I if love you, the old man. Yeah, if you would have put <laughs> if you would have put him in like uh, you know something like do like a Batman Beyond like the cartoon, but do that now. Uh-huh. And again, we'll save this for our superhero perfection series we're going to do. But uh, as, as that's where I think of is Andrew Garfield would have been a great Spider-Man for Sam Raimi. Better than Tobey Maguire, I think. I always thought Maguire was kind of an odd choice for uh, that role. I don't know who I would have at the time. Just, you know, I don't have somebody on standby to say, oh, it should have been so-and-so. But uh, just, just a little bit different choice, I guess. Uh, yeah. He seemed he seemed to uh, and uh, God, there are any number of Hollywood productions that you could say this about. He he was too old for the role. Yes, yes. I I never ever bought him being a high schooler. <laughs> yeah, see, he was just starting his four hundred one k during uh, <laughs> fifth period. <laughs> so yeah, it was not, not the job with the dental plan and. <laughs> But the movie holds. I mean, the the Raimi Spider Man holds up, especially for kids. Oh, and this this movie. I mean, my gosh, you talk about fourteen years ago. This was really the starter pistol. You'd had uh, arguably some of that happened back uh, two back. years earlier with the original X Men movie and everything. But this was the one that really seemed to kick Marvel into a new level. Well, this was the one that just from a box office standpoint, since that's what we're talking about, this one I always remember because Entourage kept making fun of it, which was, and now it's just a joke. You think about 14 years later how much of a joke it is, but I remember at the time being that little businessy wonk type fan of Entertainment Weekly, looking at that number, opening weekend, $114 million, and just going... That's insane. <laughs> I cannot believe it's unbelievable. And now it's Deadpool, Valentine's Day weekend, 135 million. And it's like ninth all time. You're like, what? I, I, I just remember that being like, that, that's such a amazing. Nobody's ever going to get 114 until James Cameron's Aquaman and Aquaman and Entourage did. But. So I I just remember from that from a business standpoint of being this like you said the gunshot <laughs> the starter pistol of oh wow these are huge mm-hmm. there's a market here let's put Ben Affleck in a Daredevil costume next <laughs> oh yes we do have some uh, missteps to the that we can pin on back to this I guess being successful but let's put Holly Berry in a Catwoman suit. Uh, you take the good, you take the bad. Take it all, and then you have Electra, the awful movie. <laughs> <laughs> and fighting on the playground. Uh, 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 uh. Oh, God. <laughs> That's 2002. The, uh, the year in which we had... The digital goodness abounding. Digital goodness abounding. The, some, I, I'm surprised we didn't bring it up at all. Mm. But uh, the the cultural post nine eleven hangover that oh, was kind oh. of over all of these movies. Um, it was it was there, but it was somehow more muted. I think it would take a couple more years to really start kind of coming to the forefront. 
Well, it, yeah, I mean, it takes a while for movies to get made, so you're going to have a while before movies actually, yeah. uh, you know, incorporate that event. But I'm just right. saying the country as a whole, watching all of these movies, was still in the hangover of 9-11. Yeah, um, And gas prices were $58 a gallon or something. I don't, <laughs> I don't remember. <laughs> Oh, hell, they're probably about what they are now. A young George Bush was leading the country to better and bigger places. Mm. Something to... Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> and how far have we come? Now we have phones that we can touch screens. That's right. I gave you that, buddy. Strategery. We don't have to flip open a phone anymore. We can touch the screen. Oh, come on. We all miss the Captain Kirk communicators. <laughs> well, I had a brick Nextel in my head. Then I had a flip phone. Then I had a slidey phone. And now I have a touch screen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know where the hell we're going, but that's what 2002 brought to us. <laughs> so that's 2002 in a little bit of a nutshell. And, uh, oh, yeah, we never even got to, like, what the hell won the awards? Chicago won Best Picture. Great. Good night. <laughs> <laughs> Don't forget to like us on Facebook. Episodes can be downloaded on iTunes or at EnceladusLiterary.com. Opinions expressed on this podcast are those of the individual hosts and may not reflect those of Enceladus Literary. Okay, but... Ah!